Welcome to Real Talk Christian Podcast, where we drink coffee and have real conversations on faith, culture, and society. This is Mark Kite. And Chris Fuller. And today, we are finishing up the whole conversation, because it was just too big for one episode, around the question of, should we pray to saints, to angels, and to Mary? Last week, we had a whole conversation about the the, the, the Catholic defense of the doctrine. And today, we're going to go, is that actually biblical, and get into what the Bible has to say about this topic. So, Fuller... You ready, my dude? Let's go. That was a very that quick... That didn't give me a lot of time. No, that you, you went too long, so... Well, I was going to look in the Facebook group, because a little bit ago, we said, hey, Ooh. we're recording tonight. What questions should we oh, ask? Oh, yeah. So I got to look that oh, up. Did, did, you, did you... Oh, you, you, you did that when we were... No, I was going to do that right now. Like, oh. we're recording tonight. Oh, no, that was that's when I said we're going live. Yeah, yeah. So, the, yeah, I don't see. Oh, I got some fun ones. Okay, okay. So, before we jump in, this is kind of what we always like to do. We like to get to sure, play, sure. get to know you games a little bit. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, what your rather's are fun. Other ones are really fun. Oh, get oh, questions from actually. The um, before we do that, I need to make an apology for anyone who was ready for a Dino episode this week. Yeah, <laughs> it's it literally is oh, all Mark's man. fault. Oh man, we were supposed to talk about the dinosaur. I was waiting. I dude, not <laughs> he geared he geared up. I yeah, freaking you're, rolled you're, at the knee, at the 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 the, 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 the no the first one the, the, the nephilim nephilim. I want to say nihilium, but I'm like yeah. nope, that's not true. Yeah, yeah the nephilim roared, roared and it oh, had geez. nothing to do with it. Yeah, so you he wrote he wrote a book. He wrote a book for show notes, and so we got a lot of uh, content to still go through even tonight. And so we're back for our part two, which was very unexpected. We were supposed to be speaking about dinosaurs. But, but today we're coming into part two because it just we ran out of time. And we were like, we looked at each other like, this is going to be two hours if we keep, keep keep trucking along. Yeah. So let's get into a couple of those questions so we can jump back into the conversation because you got you got Culver's to get to tonight, bro. I'm trying to help you. If I can get to Culver's let's go. before it we, closes, that's going to be a freaking we, miracle. We, we got to go if you want a right. chance. So here's a question. I think this, was a, this is an easy one. This All is right. from Elijah, our boy Elijah. He says, uh, the most important question that anybody can answer okay. is this. All right. Pancakes or waffles? Didn't we already answer this once? We've had this question Probably. before. You know what I saw the other day, though? You said waffles. I said pancakes. I saw someone make a rice waffle that looked kind of kind of. Why cool. can't we do a, <gasps> a waffle pancake Bro. sandwich? Okay, check this out. So I have a lot of... Um, Utah bloggers that are uh, my clients that are just, and they're friends. They're amazing people. But two of them in particular are actually known for their sourdough recipes. Sure. And so every freaking day I go on Instagram, I see sourdough cinnamon rolls. I see sourdough waffles. I see sourdough pancakes. I see sourdough noodles. I see sourdough bread. And I look at Beth and she goes, what? I'll be doing after Lex is born. I'd say bet. I bet not. <laughs> I bet she's going to have her hands so full after Lennox is born. She ain't going to have time for it, buddy. Um, I'm moving on. I'm right. not, I am not Anyways, entertaining that question. One more what? question. Let's dive in. One, no, two. No, one. one. You, no, because you, know, you just went on a tangent. <sighs> so you always go on tangents. One more question. Let's go. Well, now I got to get a good one. Hurry up. Culver's um, is calling. Culver's is calling me. Um, Oh, this was a good one from Jim. We got to do Jim. Whenever I see Jim, we got to do Jim. All right. He says, if uh, you are quarantined for one year, okay, you are quarantined for one, <laughs> it's COVID again okay, for a whole year, okay, and you are only allowed to have one streaming platform, Ooh, which streaming platform would that be? I'm going to say Facebook. No, streaming platform. Yeah, like we're gonna, I'm going to stream on Facebook. No, 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 no. Like Netflix, oh, Amazon Oh, are you talking Prime. about to watch? Yeah, yeah, like a TV streaming platform. Like you can have... I thought you meant to does stream Does YouTube on. count? Because YouTube would be pretty to, dope. If I had to choose one, it oh, would be actually, YouTube. Oh, actually, I got one. Okay, but there's YouTube TV. Oh, I'm going to say YouTube. There's YouTube TV. You can well, get YouTube TV, get all the games get, and all the videos but not only and that, all the YouTube but channels. But not only that, but they have YouTube VR. And That's I, true. I've got the VR headset. So, and I do have know. to say, a lot of my business is saved via YouTube. So I probably should do YouTube. But okay, yeah. but if we were to do like the how about if we were to do like the, the main ones, like I'm thinking Disney Plus, Netflix, Hulu, Paramount Plus, HBO Max, Ooh. uh I don't know, Crackle. <laughs> crackle. Good old, good old Crackle. Oh, uh Peacock. Tubi. Tubi. <laughs> uh, uh what's the kid one? I don't know. Ooh. The kid watched. All right. kid so could. here's the thing. What would you pick? What here's was the, the, the out of the primary streaming platforms, not YouTube, what would you pick? Quarantine like the whole world is quarantined or just me? It says you are quarantined for a year. Okay. What are you picking? So I'm gonna say I'm gonna do the peacock because then I can stream the Notre Dame games. Oh, 
I didn't See? think about that. Yeah. Exclusive, oh. so you know. Screw it. I'm still saying Disney Plus, homie. I no, you know what? Disney Plus. I can't miss the Notre Dame. So I mean, we are talking Catholic today. But 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 <laughs> I could just. That was funny. <laughs> that was really good. Um, I think I'd be okay just getting stats. Mm. I mean, I, I no. enjoy watching the game. No. Don't get me wrong. No, but dude, Disney Plus. I can do documentaries. I could do OG. I could do look, modern. Look. I could do TV series. Dude. I could do. I could do all the Pirates of the Caribbean. But see, I have all those memorized in my mind. I can just close my eyes and watch the movies right now. That's true. I, dude, I would. Oh, guys, if I did Disney Plus, I could not watch Madam Secretary. Or Ooh. NCIS. Yeah, see. Paramount Plus is pretty baller, but it's not a good standalone. Honestly, I was a little mad because I got Paramount Plus. Because, right? Because I'm like, I got Bad Secretary, I got NCISs, I got all these, I got Blue Bloods. I can even get Big Bang Theory because it's owned by CBS, right? And they have an exclusive contract with HBO. So I could not watch Big Bang Theory until I stole my brother's password, which Netflix is apparently going to cancel that here soon. So we're going to see how that works out for them. Which, fun fact, I know I'm, I'm rambling. Netflix actually said, True Love is sharing your Netflix password. They quoted that was from 2017. Six years later, they're like, nah, screw all y'all. Take away the passwords. Money. Exactly. So they don't know what true love is no so more. I just want to make a point here. This is why I said one more question, because you just rambled on for seriously three minutes on one question. I have no coffee in me right now. <laughs> all right, let's jump in. Uh, we're not drinking coffee. We're drinking water. Or Good drinking question, tea. Jim. Good question, my so dude. Today's uh, comment comes from Eaker 26, uh, great content. Oh, you pulled the review up. I did. Oh, cool. Uh, Mark and Fuller are always entertaining to listen to and are very insightful. They bring up good topics that make you question your viewpoints and thought process when it comes to Christianity. I was raised in a secular home and didn't take my faith seriously until high school and my young adult years. So some of these topics I didn't really learn about until listening to RTC. I can thank Mark and Fuller for helping me strengthen my faith in Christ and for helping to advance my knowledge and understanding of what we as Christians believe. You guys are awesome. Thanks. Yo, that's pretty sweet. So thank you. And if you haven't already, reach out to us. Let us know your name and address, and we'll send you a swag bag. Cool beans. So should I set the stage? We ready to set go, the stage? Let's go. Yep. Go Ooh, ahead. Let's, it's only, let's it's do not quick, even eight minutes yet, guys. Let's do a quick review of what we discussed last week. Okay, so we started with what is prayer? Yep. And it was the answer was simply prayer is talking to God. Sure. Right? And then we asked the question, okay, so where does this idea of prayers to the angels and the saints and Mary even come from? And we read a conversation, like we read a whole post about answering this question. And to kind of sum it up, it talks about the fact of um, holy communion. We are called to live in communion with one another. And since at death, life doesn't end, we still have that open communication. Yeah, so you open guys that can, communion. You guys can go back to last week. Yeah. Hear that whole whole hullabaloo of a conversation You're trying to push me forward aren't there you? is a lot yeah i am i'm trying to keep you on track tonight you're like dang it come on let's push forward let's get to the good stuff we got a lot to go through but basically the idea is the fact that we all live in communion together so therefore they're not really dead it's, it's the same as me talking to you i could talk to a saint i can hang out with you i can hang out with a saint kind of the same idea and then we had a whole bunch of different prayers that we read prayers specifically to the saints, two angels, and two, the Virgin Mary herself. And then out of that, we asked the question of, okay, so some of these seem weird and odd to, especially as Protestants, what say you? And so we had a Catholic response from that that we read from, from an episode show notes. And again, all these links will be in the show notes. And basically what they said is they use biblical evidence of, so, you know, they, they interpret that Moses and Samuel appeared before God. We're created, we're, we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. We're all connected to the vine. Right. So therefore, get to know a saint, learn their story. And this is what I thought was really interesting. And this is where we kind of went, huh? about and this is where we're leading to today's conversation where it says how to grow in fellowship with the saints the third point was talk to those saints every single day mm. share your weaknesses with them ask them to walk with you and talk with you oh, no, no no just um ask them not to talk ask them to walk with you in your difficult times don't just ask them to pray for you invite them to be part with you of your everyday life mm. and that kind of reminded me of a sponsor like you know like I like like uh, Beth was watching. I don't remember what the show was called. I think I think it was nine nine one one. I think you're watching nine one one, the Austin version. And the guy was a drug addict, and he had a counselor. And basically, the idea was the fact of no, you call me anytime, day or night, when you're struggling, whatever you got to do, I'm gonna be right there. I'll walk you through with it. And that kind of reminded me of this: of share your weakness with them. Say, walk with me in my difficult times. I'm struggling. Don't just pray for me, but literally be part of my everyday life. Mm -hmm. And kind of the same idea as like what you you and I can do, where the fact of I could just shoot you a text once 
once in a while, but hey, buddy, I'm, I'm struggling. Can you pray for me really fast? Right. Or we can invite each other into our everyday lives and actually know what's going on. Sure. And that's why, even before we recorded, I mean, shoot, we are just chatting for an hour. Right. About yeah, work and, and your story right. and my story. And, and it's just a whole lot of fun. So we're inviting people into our lives. And what the, the Catholic doc, dog, dogma, the Catholic doctrine is saying, is that saints are not dead. We're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. So in the same way you invite real Christians, you can see living saints in your life, invite the saints of the old into your life as well, because by doing that, you will be blessed. And so right. in today's episode, we're going to ask the question of not just is this okay, not is this weird, but is this correct? Because we're looking for truth here, all right? Mm -hmm. And so to get the truth, we're going to go, and they use the Bible for their defenses. So you know your boys go use the Bibles for our defenses as well. So today we're primarily going to talk about four different questions, and there's a whole lot of scripture to back it up, and then we're just going to chat about it. All right, let's go. Sounds good. So the first question we have to ask again is, so what really is prayer? And the Catholics will say is prayer is just chatting with anybody. I pray ye this. But in the Christian faith, we would actually say, no, prayer is a lot more than just it's making that. making intercessory to God is what we would say as Protestants. Right. right? And, and I could bring a lot of verses in now, but I'm going to bring all these verses up again later, so I don't want to convolute this point and then re sure. them, re rehash them other parts. But I do want to say this. If you want to know about what prayer is and how do we pray and all these different things, we have done episodes on prayer, too. Yes, we have. So go to the website, or just I, I've done this before, too. You can go to Spotify, Type in Real Talk Christian Podcast, and then just whatever topic you want, and that's just as good as our website, yep. I found out. So we have other topics on prayer, so I want to encourage you. We're not going to waste a whole lot of time here. Go over there and sure. listen to it. But basically, we would say is prayer is not just, I pray thee do. No, that's that's old. That's like old school language. Like, why would we use that language? Sure. Prayer in the Bible, as we're going to see, is actually either pouring your heart out to God, communing with God, talking with God, praying that God's will will be done. Mm. And so then the question is, is, okay, so in the Bible, coming out of what is prayer, where do we see prayer in the Bible? So now we're going to get into some of these verses, okay, after we talk about the definition. It says, where do we see prayer in the Bible? So if we want to actually know what is prayer, we're going to say, what, where do we see it happening mm -hmm. in the Bible? So in 1 Samuel 1.15, it says, but Hannah answered, no, my lord. And when he went, when when Eli said, "Are you drunk, lady? Get out of here!" And she goes, "No, no, 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 my lord. I am a woman troubled in spirit. I have not drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have been pouring out my soul before the Lord." Mm. Philippians four six through seven says, uh, "Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus." Ephesians 3, 14 through 21 says, For this reason I kneel before the Father, talking about the Apostle Paul, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. I pray that he may grant you according, which notice normally all those other ones are praying to saints to do this, but the Apostle mm -hmm. Paul is saying, I pray that he may grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power in your inner being through his spirit and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you being rooted and firmly established in love may be able to comprehend, this is where it's interesting, with all the saints, what is the length and width and height and depth of God's love and to know Christ's love that surpasses knowledge so that way you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. First John 5, 13 through 15 says, I have written these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that way you may know you have eternal life. And this is the confidence we have before him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. Matthew 6, 9 through 13, which I brought in the good old King Jimmy for this one. You ready? Mm, the Lord's Christ prayer. <laughs> you like what? I said, it's, and it's Christ teaching. That's true. I'm just saying the translation is, sure. is, is no, good no, old King Jimmy. I know, but I'm saying like, if you want to know what prayer is, Christ oh, is about to teach it. Yeah, Jesus is about to tell you what's yeah. up. He says, and you all, we all know this one. After this manner, therefore, pray ye. Uh, in the same manner, pray in this way. Our, Our Father. Saint Nicholas. Oh. No. Oh. 
No. Our St. Peter. No. Our Father. Our St. John. Oh, our Father. Who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Mm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Here's another one. We see the early church praying together all through the book of Acts. So here we go. Uh, 114, 224, 31, 423 through 31, 64, 13, 1 through 3. So I decided just to bring in Acts 4, 23 through 24 without reading all of those. All right. Sure. It says, after they were released, they went to their own people and reported everything the chief priest said to them. This is when uh, Peter and John, I think, were brought before the high priest. Mm-hmm. They basically said, uh, sit down and shut up. And they said, uh, we more scared of God than you, so you sit down and shut up. Like, mm-mm, like they snap, snap, snap. And then after they released, <laughs> went back to their own people, reported what they said to them. And then when they heard this, they all raised their voice together to God and said, Master, you are the one who made the heaven, the earth, the sea, the sky, and everything in them. And then they continue on with their prayer. Mm-hmm. But so far, in every one of these prayers, who is the object of the prayer? Who is the subject of the prayer? I said object, didn't I? Who's subject or the noun to of the whom prayer? To whom do we are pray? Are these prayers? No, no, not we. Who To whom are all these prayers told to go to? To God. What did, who did Jesus tell us to pray to? To the Father. Who did Paul tell us to pray to? To God. Who did the early church pray to? To God. So my question is, why the heck are we supposed to pray to anybody else? You know? Uh, well, because they're they're the advocate. They're just, they're they're joining us together in prayer, right? They're dead. The saints? Well, but, you know, they're closer to be absent from the bodies to be present with the Lord, so they're present. So if we pray to them, if we make if we make our request known to them, they can directly make their request known, just like the priest did, right? But, but you see, all throughout the New Testament, you don't ever see a single time, besides in the transfiguration, ever there was a time that any other saint prayed to any other saint of old. Now, we heard about whenever you see Peter preaching people, talking to the Jews— they said the God of our fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they flat out point to that. And they do talk about that God is the God of the living, not the God of the dead. But not more, so much advocating to them, but av- uh, but pointing to them in their faith. Correct. And how we should have faith like that. Like, like, like uh, look at Hebrews 11, right? Like like we see um, uh, Samson and his faith at, at the end. We True. see, uh, I'm trying, like I'm, I'm blanking on a lot of them, but we see a lot. Abraham, lo- Abraham, Elijah. And, yeah, thank you. All all yeah. the great saints of uh you got Ruth, you got uh you got Elijah, you got Rahab, you got yeah. Elisha, you got David, you got Solomon in there, even he was a little whacked up a little bit. Um but you have all he these just like wives. You have all these saints of old, and it's like in the same way that they follow God, you can follow God. But you know, the kind of this reminds me of the question of the fact of not the question of the fact, but more the idea of, you know what, like 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 okay, uh, case in point, my dad's dead, right? Like my father no longer lives here on this earth because he died. Right. And so many people say, like, you know what? Um, I'm sure God. I'm, I'm sure your dad's looking down from heaven and seeing he's really proud of you. And even as a kid, I'm like, yeah, that's freaking weird. Mm. Like, why would he do that? And we don't even know where heaven is. We don't know where this place is to know that it, are they even looking down and looking at us? You know, we see in other places in the New Testament where the fact of the Holy Spirit will come upon us, and they were man, the, the disciples of everything that they've taught, but he also opens up our eyes, and we'll see in a couple of verses a little bit later that, that the Holy Spirit is the one who ushers our prayers into the throne room in the name of Jesus to the Father. Mm-hmm. And so all over Scripture, when we see prayer so far right here, we haven't had to do any skirting around the topic. And I feel like in the last conversation, they were trying to create this argument around the idea of, oh, well, we're connected to the bride of Christ and you can't die and we're connected to the vine and then we see this cloud of witnesses and we're supposed to have communion with the saints and there's a, this obscure passage in the Old Testament where certain translations are translation that, like, even if, and all of a sudden it's the fact of, like, oh, that means we should then pray to the saints because they're communion for us on our behalf, including, you know, the Virgin Mary. Because, obviously, if you want something to get done, you go ask a homeboy's mama. Like, if you want me to get something done, you talk to my mama, and she's going to talk to Beth, and it's going to happen. Like, that's sure. just what it's, it's going to do. That makes sense in, in, in human terms, but we don't see that anywhere in the Bible. Right. And so the question is, is why are we even praying these prayers to these things? Mm. And the question then becomes, and this is kind of leads into what we're going to talk about is the fact of in the Bible, the question is, is who does the Bible say is worthy of our praise? Mm. Now, again, Catholics will say, well, we're not, we're not, we're not uh, elevating these saints. We're not praying to them and put them on a pedestal. But when you read these verses, it sure the heck seems like it. But as I was gonna say, aren't we? Because when you see the Virgin Mary prayers, like, let's just, um, let, me, let me pull it back up. Um, 
Hail, Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy. I just look at the Hail, Holy Queen. Like that one's a big one, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like I'm, I'm reading through Turn them right then now. most oh, gracious here, here advocate. This is, this is what I was saying. Okay, so uh, the morning consecration. My queen, my mother, I offer myself entirely to thee. In other words, mm. you literally are subjecting yourself to the Virgin Mary. Sure. And the question is, is who in the Bible is supposed to be the object of all glory and worship? And according to what this actually says is the fact of um, not to show my devotion to thee, because that's what it says it, but it's like the fact of I offer my entire self to you, Virgin mm-hmm. Mary. Right. But the question in the Bible is, what does it? Who does it say in the Bible is worthy of our praise? And Revelation, I got hear a lot more scripture. Let's go. Let's go. Revelation four eleven says, "O Lord and God, you are worthy to receive glory and honor and power, because you have created all things, and by uh, by your will they existed and were created." Psalm ninety six four: For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised; he is to be feared above all gods. Second Samuel twenty two four: I call upon the name of the Lord, who is worthy to be praised, and I am safe from my enemies. Matthew 4, 9 through 10. And he said to him, all these things I will have, this is Satan, um, Satan to Jesus. All these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. And then Jesus said to him, go Satan, for it is written, you should worship the Lord your God and serve him only. So back up. Jesus said, you're only supposed to serve God. Mm-hmm. But in the prayer to Mary, he says, I consecrate myself to thee. Hmm. And I'm going to serve you and I'm going to honor you and devote my life to you. So why are you supposed to devote our lives to Mary when even Jesus' own word says, Worship only God and serve him only. Right. Interesting thought. Hmm. Romans one twenty five talks about, for they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature, or in other passages, the creation rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. And then when we get into the, the, the Old Testament, you know, something called the Ten Commandments, the first one, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but I, I mean, they're not really making them gods, right? I mean, they're just... They're acknowledging the saints and, and how you know they're they they're close to Christ and they're like advocates, right? Yep. I mean that's that's really what they're saying. They're not saying they're now. I will smart. say so. So in in the parts about the Virgin Mary, it does say, "Blessed are you among women," because when you get birth to the Savior, you you gonna be blessed. Like that's sure. just that that's just the fact of the matter, you know. Yeah. And when when we want to uphold people, we want to give honor to whom honor is due for for what they did. But when we read some of these 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 prayers like i'm pulling up right here the prayers to the angels where it's talking about um it's asking the angel for prayer and to be by my side to light me to to guard me to and it says to rule and to guide which is which is wild um it says um, with you that your prayers you may encircle us with protection the wings of your angelic glory watch over us as we bow low and earnestly cry out to you like we're crying out to the angels for 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 support. Which we're going to talk about what happens when angels show up in the Bible and what people do in response to that. Sure. And then even Archangel Michael, it's literally saying, "Yo, make Satan stop. Like protect me from Satan." Which we do know Michael the Arch uh, Archangel is the protector of the armies of the Lord, and we don't fully understand how that works. But at the same time, these are prayers to the angels for specific things. When you see some of the prayers to the saints, it's saying, help me find this thing, which again, you're not subjecting yourself and serving. It's more like, hey, yo, can you like help me find this? That would be super, super, super dope. Um, well, I, our, we're begging God to make St. Joseph our intercessor in heaven. Right. And it's like, why? Yeah. Why do we have to do that? Sure. And we're going to read about a verse about that here in, in a little bit. Um, no, I so will how say. Did, so, I, yeah, mean, I mean, really, how did people act then, like when they saw angels, you know? I guess I guess I want to move into that conversation a little bit. Okay, cool. So I got a uh, a quote and a and a passage. Okay, all right. So uh, from GodQuestions.org, they talked about what an angel's job was. Like that's just what I wanted to see is what like what was the job of an angel, right? Messenger, right? right. That, that was another term for him, right? Exactly. That's exactly. What it so so an angel delivers messages from God and do his bidding. Mm. Sometimes by supernatural means. In every case, the angel points the people to God and give glory to Him. And it says, holy angels refuse to be worshipped. And that is found in Revelation 22, 8 through 9, where it says, and I, John, the one who heard and saw, this is at the end of Revelation, right. I heard, saw these things. And when I heard and saw them, I fell down and worshipped at the feet of the angel who showed them to me. But he said to me, you must not do that, for I am a fellow servant with you. Mm. And your brothers, the prophets, and those, uh, and, and with those. So do you think if an angel saying that, and John, he's saying it to John. 
do you think the apostles would be okay with us? Like falling down and worshiping or committing ourselves to an apostle or to Mary. Well, let's go farther into it. Because maybe that was just what has happened in Revelation. That was just the one time. Because you can't build your theology off of one verse. We talk about that. Yeah, exactly. But okay, so then the question is, okay, so what did Mary do? Because I think Mary and the shepherds, both people in the in the in the Christmas story, they said, "Fear not." They both said, "Fear not," for here's the message from the Lord. Right. Mary, at the very end, what did Mary do? She praised God. Right. The prayer of Mary. She cries well, out I to think God. Of, I think of Joshua. I think of uh, Gideon. It's all the same. Like every time. Oh, I forgot about Joshua. Yeah. So Joshua and the angel of the Lord came to him, and he bowed down to worship him, and he said, "Don't do that." Basically, uh, same with Gideon, um, and and there were several other. Uh, Saints, I believe, are saints, uh, Old Testament Bible heroes that that happened with. So I just, I just think of that. So, I mean, angels are always saying, like you said, they point to God. We're just messengers. Don't, don't worship us. Uh, but you could say, uh, being in the presence of an angel is probably pretty dang scary if they're falling down out of fear and bowing down and worshiping, right? They don't know. So, yeah. Let me see. I'm, I'm reading the Gideon one right now. Um, the angel of the Lord, Lord Gideon said, sir, if the Lord is with you, why are you in so much trouble? Like, like Gideon just had a little chit chat. I don't think Gideon actually fell down. Maybe it wasn't Gideon. Maybe it was somebody else I was thinking about, but I know for sure Joshua, I believe fell down. What did Joshua do when I love Google? Thank angel. you. Google Google and got questions.org. Let's see. Awkward silence. It is a very awkward silence. I'm trying to figure it out. Joshua meets the commander of God's army. When Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes and looked and behold, a man standing before him. When Joshua, an angel went to him and said, are you for us? Are you against us? Um, I thought there was one point where he bowed, like he dropped to his face, prostrate. Maybe didn't. Maybe that was just the VeggieTales version. Maybe that was the VeggieTales <laughs> version. Uh, but we see when Mary, when the angels appeared to Mary, Sorry, guys. That was a fun pause. When when the angel appeared to Mary, Gabriel, sure. Mary didn't fall down and worship. She did not cry out. She praised God for that. When the shepherds appeared, they you know were terrified. But after they said, "Come, let's go see what 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 God is telling us." And then even in um, Colossians two verse eighteen, it says, "Let no one keep defrauding you of your prize by delighting in self abasement and ready and the worship of angels, taking his stand on visions." He has said, "Inflated." Uh, without cause by his fleshly mind. And so that's, I mean, obviously there's a whole lot of other things around that passage that, that that's not what it's talking about, but it says the fact of the worship of angels. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him what message my Lord have for his servant. But was the next one? The man said, take off your sandals for the place you're standing on is holy. Joshua did so. But we do believe that that angel of the Lord was Christ. Like God but, himself. But, but he, well, no, but he acknowledged that. He said, what? What message? What message does my Lord have for me? Mm. It wasn't addressing the angel of him being holy or worshiping. Him. He just bowed down, reverence, said, "Hey, what's the message?" Right, and, and so he received the message. Mary right. received the message. Joseph received the message. All the people the received, the message. received the message. Right. And the one time we see that this says in the Revelation, which again we have to remember, Catholic hold this book to be sacred as well. So we sure. have the same book here, and it flat out says as he fell on worship and it says, "You must not do that. I am your fellow servant." So so far we see him falling down to praise the angel. He says, sure. "Nope." And the, and when Mary did it, she never praised the angel. Joseph never praised the angel. Joshua even didn't praise the angel. He said, "What what what's what what does my Lord want me to do?" Well, so we see that we don't see any, we don't see any saint or a person bowing down and worshiping or holding high and lofty anybody. Matter of fact, Paul teaches that you shouldn't do that, right? You shouldn't put the person, you know, or kick out the poor person to put the person in high high esteem in, in a special place in the meetings and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. That was uh, about, first, uh, first Corinthians, yeah. Right, and then you got Christ saying, I did not come to serve or be served, but to serve. You yep. must become lowly in order, you know, the first shall be last, the last shall be first. I mean, there's all these different teachings where we see that, hey, we're supposed to be humble. We're not supposed to look to ourselves. We're always supposed to point to Christ in everything that, that happens and that we do. So how would a saint feel... How would Paul feel? How would Peter feel? How would John feel if they found out that people were, how would Mary feel? People are praying to her. She'd be like, what are you guys doing? Like, what are you doing here? <laughs> I mean, yeah, she's blessed, but it, it doesn't mean that 
that that's what she wants, you know, or that's what she would have wanted. So, yeah, I don't know. That's just my initial thoughts here. We still got a lot more to go. You know, I was looking at it. I'm like, okay, so when did uh, the prayers of the saints actually start? And, you know, a lot of the Catholic teaching will say, oh, it started back in the third century onward because the Apostles' Creed for the communion of the saints. Right. When in reality, we're like, no, the communion of the saints is like, yeah, not St. Mark going up and down. St. T. Mark and St. C. Fuller. <laughs> so I, I, I am genuinely curious, though, about like outside of just the Apostles' Creed, where do we see like it actually showing up probably fourth or fifth century. I would assume. I mean, I got my Eusebius book over there. I should have brought this note in with me. I mean, a lot Anyways. of people are saying beginning no later than the third century is what it, people are saying. Mm. And they're talking specifically, but like the, uh, intercession with the saints, this too is not specifically defined until 1545. There was that one. Yeah, it'd be interesting to kind of go through that, but... Yeah, we ain't got time for that today. But, so here's the question, though. So, that's what happens when the angels appeared. It was sure. the fact of when he started to worship the angel, John, he said, nope, stand your butt up. Everyone else praised God for the message that they received yeah. from the angel. But what happened when people fell down at the feet of Jesus? What happens? Mm. So, um, in Matthew 2, 10 through 12, we see the wise men worshiping Jesus the moment he was born. On the coming to the house, they saw the child of his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with the gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. Matthew 14, 32 through 33 talks about the disciples worship in the boat. It says, and when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshiped him saying, truly, you are the son of God. Then in John 9, 35 through 38, the blind man worshiped Jesus at his healing. Jesus heard, this is uh, now in John, Jesus heard that they had thrown him out. And when he found him, this is after he healed the blind man. He said, go do this. And his parents were like, we don't know him because they went to the temple. And then they kicked him out. And he goes, what, do you want me to go find him yourself? Because y'all apparently ain't listening to me. So they kicked him out of the temple and Jesus found him. And he said, do you, uh, uh, do you believe in the son of man? And the man asks, who is he, sir? Tell me so that way I may believe in him. And Jesus says, you have now seen him, which is a baller statement when mm -hmm. you think about it. You have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. Then the man said, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. Mic drop. <laughs> Matthew 28, 8 through 10, when the, word, the, when the women worship him at the empty tomb. Yep. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid, uh, yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly, Jesus met them. Greetings. What's up, guys? Jesus said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped mm. him. And then at even at the ascension in Matthew 28, 16 through 17, it says, Then the eleven disciples, because uh, Judas... Uh, um, off himself? Yeah. Um, and the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. And here's one thing to note. Jesus never stopped people from worshiping him. I just think of when Jesus was on the donkey riding into Jerusalem and they were all throwing through like, the palm Hosanna, bushes. And, Hosanna. The, and yep. the priest came up and said, Hey, tell your disciples to stop. And he goes, can't, What did he say? Something about, Can somebody stop something to cry out? If they don't cry out, even the, the rocks, rocks will cry out. out. And it's like, um, yeah, <laughs> that should have been their first clue right there. <laughs> and so, so far we've seen anytime an angel shows sure. up, they never praise the angel, nope, but, but they praise Jesus. They praise Jesus because Jesus is God. Right. So right now we have already seen who is worthy of all praise. God and God alone is worthy of praise. And if someone fell down to worship an angel said, no, no, bro, I'm, I'm a, I'm a servant with you. But if someone fell down to worship Jesus, what does that say about Jesus? It's saying that Jesus is God. claiming right. to be God. Yep. And Jesus is God. So right. people say Jesus never claimed to be God. This is proof that he claimed to be God. Cause if yep. you're an Israelite and being worshiped, that means blasphemy. you are God. Blasphemy. And so <laughs> if you're not God. It's blasphemy. So now the question then is, okay, so we see all these different passages, right? We're building our case. We're building our argument sure. of whenever we see angels showing up, we ain't worshiping them. Whenever we talk about, worshiping Jesus, you can only worship Jesus because he's worthy of all those praises because he is God. Yep. So now the question is, is how do we then, what does the Bible say about how we talk to God now? Mm. So they obviously fell down and worship Jesus because they talked with Jesus who was God right there in the flesh. But what yep. do we do now? Because that's what the question, even the Catholics say, they agree with all the stuff we've said so far, but how are we supposed to pray to God right now? Mm -hmm. And to answer those questions, I got four more verses. Here we go. Let's go. Romans 8.26 says this. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. A weakness. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Holy Spirit himself, ready? 
intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Yep. Matthew 6, 6. This is from Jesus himself. But when you pray, talking about the people, they pray in the uh, they, they pray in the synagogues and in front of people, and they want all these different things. He goes, don't be like them who's praying for attention. But when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your father, mm. who is in secret. And your father, who sees in secret, will reward you. 1 John 5, 14 through 15 says, and this is the confidence that we have towards him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us and whatever we ask, we know that the request, uh, we know that we have the requests that we have asked of him. So literally, 1 John is even saying the fact of, we have the confidence that God hears our prayers. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16 says this, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, that is Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. What's the confession? For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with us in our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in every way as we are yet without sin. Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness so that way we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. And I want to throw one more into your little... Let's do it, boss. First John 2, 1 through 2. Oh, yep. My little children, I am writing you these things so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He himself is the atoning sacrifice for our sin, and not only ours, but also for the whole world. Like, that's a big thing, right? He's he's the advocate, right? So yep. I, I look at the, the mother of Mary... Right, that what did she, oh, and the saints and the angels. They say, well, as we pray to you, I talk to Jesus for us. Yeah, so there was that specific oh, but they actually one. Called, they actually called her advocate. They, they actually call so in the hail holy queen, right? So uh, it says, hail holy queen, mother of mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To thee we uh, do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To thee do we send up our sighs, mourning and weeping in the valley of tears. Turn thee, most gracious advocate and they capitalized the word advocate right so the only advocate that we need is jesus christ so why would we settle for son of the living god he is our advocate to the father who is the sacrifice and the atonement for our sin so why do i need mary to be my advocate when i have the atonement and the sacrifice for my sin already my advocate right i just that want to throw that one all right so there's two different hurdles that we still have yet to jump over that we got to jump over and one would be is, okay, so if we don't need anybody else to pray for us, we can pray for ourselves by ourselves, all by ourselves, with the Holy Spirit, we can go before God's grace or God's throne room with boldness because of his grace. Why does the apostle Paul and other people talk about other people praying for him, or I pray for you, or you pray for me, or pray with lifted hands? Why does the, why 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 are we supposed to pray for one another with intercession? That's one question. And then the second one is, we have yet to handle what Revelation 8 is all about. Sure. So the first question is, is if we don't need anybody to go to God besides ourselves through the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus to God the Father, why would should we ask anyone else to pray for us? Well, I think it comes down to, okay, I'll just give you my opinion, right? Fuller so this, this opinion. is opinion time. This is, not uh, this, biblical, is, this is not Bible time. This is not Bible time. This is not Catholic doctrine time. This okay. is fuller opinion time why I think it happens, right? Okay. I think that people pray to the saints, and I could be wrong. Maybe I am wrong. Maybe maybe I'm for sure wrong. Uh, because they feel unworthy for themselves to go to to God themselves to ask for something. So they figure, oh, I'll go to somebody who I know was a saint, and they can advocate for me because I'm not worthy enough. And I will say, I think a lot of the growth in praying to the saints came out of the medieval church period sure. where they, it was strongly illiterate in the Catholic church no joke, put a lock and key on the Bible, and no one knew what the Bible says except right. what the Catholic Church did. So, so they would teach you these things to do these things, but you could never prove it. So my my thing is, is it's like this, right? So you got to go to a priest, uh, be absolved from sin, right? That's mm-hmm. that's Catholic doctrine. I'm not wrong in that, right? To be to be absolved, right? To, they they tell you the things that you have to do to be absolved from the sin. They tell you to do whatever whatever those rights are. Am I wrong in that? No, you're correct. Okay. And why do they Penance. do that? Why, why, why do they have to go to the, the priest? Um, well, so they go to the, now the priest is the voice piece of Jesus. 
And sometimes it's more the fact of you're supposed to confess your sins to one to another. And the idea is the fact of it's almost like making restitution, right? So sure. if I sin against you, I need to make restitution. So if sure. you sin against God or other people, you need to make restitution. And the priest is the, he's not the vicar of Christ because that's the Pope, but then the Pope gives the power to the bishops and the bishops sure. to the priest sure. because they are, for all intents and purposes, God's voice piece to you. So, they are God's representative to you. So does that mean that Christ's blood and sacrifice did not cover all sins? What do you mean? That you have to pay your own penance for the sins that Christ was not good enough. I think the thought more so goes to the fact of like, okay, our friendship could be really good, right? Sure. But like, let's say, let's say I do something that breaks our friendship, sure. right? Yeah. And all of a sudden, I need to rebuild that trust with you mm-hmm. because, I mean, it was good enough at the beginning, but I still screwed it up, and I got to like, I got to reconcile. So with what's you. what's the difference? What the Bible does say, he reconciled for himself once and for all, right? So, but what's the difference between then and when it, the Bible talks about God loved you even when yet you were a sinner? Christ, Christ died, died for, for you. you. So, the relationship was already broken then, yet he still he reconciled once and for once all. Once and for all. He paid the ultimate price once and for all for you when you were yet an enemy of God. So, at that point, to me, right? It already be reconciled. To me, yes, I think that, that I am already reconciled, but not by my own will or by my own power, or by my own might, or by the works that I do, or the penance that I can try to pay, but through Christ, I am reconciled. Now, does that mean that I should go on, continue to sin, that that grace may abound? No, God forbid. That's what Paul says, right? Mm -hmm. And I totally agree with that. No, because when you love somebody and you have a relationship, you're right. You, You do feel bad. You do say you're sorry. But if you wronged me, is it right for me to say, well, now you have to prove yourself? Is that what God does to us, or does he say, I forgive your sins as far as the east is from the west? I forget the sins. Uh, that's what God says, yeah. That's what it, That's what the Bible says, right? The Bible doesn't say, well, yeah, you know, I forgive you, but you got to do these things first before before I fully forgive you. Well, I, and I think that's a big difference. I'm thinking like with my kids, right? Like we're talking or with some of the kids about um, regaining some of our trust because if you lost our trust, you got to rebuild that trust with us for us to trust you again. But that doesn't change that we love you, that we accept you, that you're not our child. So, anymore. are you telling me that God puts trust in us, or do we put trust in God? We trust in God. So, why do we have to prove anything to God? And, you don't. and God has proven everything to us, which is why we should trust Him. But he doesn't have to trust us. Here in his love, not that we loved or that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be um Exactly. Wow, wow, I'm blanking. But not not he loved, but he sent his son but basically that he sent Jesus to die in our place. Right, to be the sacrifice for sins. Yeah. So so to me, yes, we're looking at, at it from an earthly, okay, well, you know, I'm a parent and and God does make some correlations of, of you know, parenthood to child. Um, but not all things correlate, right? Mm-hmm. Not all things correlate, and this is one of those things that I don't think correlates because God knows, left to our own self, we are not trustworthy. Mm-hmm. Anyways, he created us. He knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows that if it wasn't for his hand, that we would still be sinners, right? If it wasn't for God, we would never choose him. If it wasn't for God... We would never be sustained in following him. If it wasn't for God, we couldn't take our next breath. So God sustains us. Earn what trust? We are not trustworthy. It is God who cleanses us. It is God who makes us trustworthy. It is God he who recon- does And the Bible says he reconciles us to himself. Yes. He does, it's not the fact that we reconcile God to us. So for us we to try to reconciled. earn something... For us to try to earn something to earn it, that's right? That's not how it works. That's out of works. That's not faith-based. That's works-based faith. And it is unbiblical. It's it, The Bible says that you are saved by faith alone, right? Mm-hmm. Not of yourself. It's a gift from God. Not that any man should boast. Now, again, you say, show me your faith without works. And I'll t- say, show me your faith by your works, Right. But what does that mean? You're putting your money where your mouth is. Well, in, that in means my no, that means your heart's changed. It's and the you, changed and, and Brad, heart. I'm saying, yeah. If you are a man and you're single, you're going to act differently when you get married. The proof is in the pudding. 
Exactly. At least you should, right? Put your money where your mouth is. It yeah. has nothing to do with, oh, well, I've got to force myself to do this in order to have faith. No, no the faith I, produces it's like it. If I actually do, if I say I love Beth, I'm going to act like I love exactly. Beth. Exactly. Yeah. It's it, Well, and it's not even a, I have to force myself to love Beth. It's a natural thing. I love I Beth. I get to. I love Beth. I want to serve Beth because I love her. Mm-hmm. And that's the work. The work is the love, right? And, and the work is the caring for, and the work is all these things, but that comes out of love. It's a natural response of a changed heart. And God changes our heart. This is where he renews and transforms our minds. Mm-hmm. He does that work in us, and out of that work that he does in us, produces the fruits that come out of us. And that's what James is talking about. No, and I agree. Yeah. And to get back a little bit um, to... to to start laying the plane sure. here a little bit, you know, the, we, we, I don't think we still have answered the question. Okay. So should we pray for one another? Why should we pray for one another? You know? And, sure. I, and I think of that passage in Galatians, I just had it pulled up um, in Galatians six, where it talks about, you know, we're supposed to bear one another burdens yep. and come alongside one another. Yep. And in the early church, whenever you see prayers, you normally don't say, Oh, you know, I pray for uh, safety on the road and that I pass this test. I and pray for that parking spot up front. I want that parking <laughs> spot. And yeah. man, I, I pray that that one girl walks into church this week. Like, Hey, like, no, <laughs> no. Right. no, the, the, the church, when, when they were persecuted, they say, Praying give the us, sick. they right. say, give us boldness. Yep. When someone was sick, they prayed for the sick person. Yep. Right. Um, we see that they prayed, they prayed for their, they prayed for the, they prayed for Joe Biden. If they were around right now, like, come on, they prayed for the government officials and not, see and that in not, Romans 13 and not, it's like, yeah, you fix Joe Biden becomes a Republican. Not like that crap. No, like legit pray for the man's soul. Yeah. But they're right. praying for Nero. They were praying for all these heavily persecuted and, parts of the faith. And why? Because God, God, has, God put those leaders in ahead of them, well, so they have to honor those people. Sure, but God has, has chosen to work through the mode of prayer, right? He said, hey, you're going to pray, and this is how you pray. You see, you see Jesus teaching how to pray, Yep. right? So God, even though he doesn't need prayer, right? God can do whatever he wants outside of prayer. And we'll talk about what God does with his prayers he here in has, a minute with Revelation 8. Yeah, he has chosen to work within prayer. He wants his children to ask and they'll receive. Mm-hmm. Seek, and they will find. Knock, and the door shall be open to them. You see, Jesus, that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. His will is already being done in heaven. We're asking him to usher in his will here on earth. I mean, there's just thing, statement after statement in the Bible that talks about why prayer is important and what we do with prayer and how we pray. And, and it's the mode that God chooses to work within is the, is the mode of prayer, right? Yep. And so that's the supplication of the saints. That's that's the prayer, not to the saints, but from the saints to the heavenly Father. And and, and again, we'll get into that in Revelation eight because right. that kind of well, I I would say, for lack of a better word, it drops the hammer on the conversation. Yep. Um, I actually pulled up this little thing about the different types of prayers in the Bible and whatnot. Sure. Godquestion.org just does a great job just, of concise. Yeah. Now, now, granted, we're not saying that they're the in all be all. They just come no, up with scripture and we don't and, always and read yeah, it we don't always well. agree with everything they say, but hey. Nope. They, they kind of got a lot of good resources, too. Uh, it says, however, most of the prayers recorded in the Bible are of another type. Uh, another type of, instead of praying for, like, health and good things that happen. Um, when Jesus was praying for others, he prayed for their faith. He prayed against temptation in their lives. He prayed for their unity. This is a ton of scripture to go along with it. And he prayed for their sanctification. Paul prayed for the salvation of the lost. He prayed for that the brothers would stay on the right path. He prayed that believers would be strengthened by the Spirit, rooted and grounded in love, able to comprehend God's love and fulfilled with the fullness of God. These are all prayers for spiritual blessings, and they are all in Jesus' name and according to the Father's will. Prayers that are guaranteed to find a yes in Christ. So again, our prayers to God are through the power of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name to God the Father. Mm-hmm. And so when we talk about prayers to the saints and all these different things, it ain't nowhere in Scripture, man. I, Everywhere in Scripture, it has nothing to do with praying to angels or whatever. I think a lot of that has come from superstition. A sure. lot of it has come from medieval times in terms of, well, we just didn't know how it all worked out, so we we're trying to pray to this and this and this and this, and these are the saints who did all these things. So if we want to tap into that, we can, you know, tap into that. Like, let's go. Like, let's get a little, little, well, little benefit from this and, person. And we have to remember, right, that there was probably a little bit of muddiness in the church, especially in the third and fourth century. Uh, you got to remember Rome, right? Had many gods and Christianity may have gotten mixed up. We see, maybe we Actually, see, it. yeah, we I mean, see maybe. how we don't, we don't, I don't, I don't know. For well, sure, we see maybe. how, we see how in Corinthians, how Paul scolded the Corinthian church 
there could have been a little bit, you know, they were doing some things wrong. Like, I don't know, taking your father's wife and, you know, all sorts of weird stuff that you'd be like, what? That's crazy. And And that was in the church. That was in the church. Yep. So these things could have crept in and, and it could have been a form of, Oh, well, we got to, you know, before we prayed to so-and-so-and-so-and-so and these gods, and so rather than praying to those, we'll pray for our advocates into the, into the you know, the saints, the, mm-hmm. the apostles. And, and and that I'm not saying that for sure happened. I'm saying that's something that could have happened. Um, but what we do know, right, is at least from everything that we see in Scripture and from what our, our Catholic brothers and sisters brought in, in that article you brought, the the two don't correlate, right? Biblically, it does not correlate. And that's what I want to say. Biblically, so you know, you know the, the the Catholic doctrine of this is what we believe. Oh, here's what the, here's here's the Bible support for, it. and we're like, you've given no support. Right. We've rebuttaled every single one. Right. Like the only one we have yet to rebuttal is Revelation eight. So let's talk about. Let's it. talk about because that was their big one. Right. That was one of their big ones. Is the fact that of was the, the prayers. All the, yep. That was well. The, the and I also think the Old Testament with like you know the even if Moses sure. And Elijah, or in, in, but that's, uh, Samuel that's interpretation speculation. Right. All right. So this is in Revelation eight, and we're talking about the seals and the bowls. All sure. right. So yep. this seal. is the seventh seal. What yep. does it have to do with anything? We'll talk about it in a second. So it says when he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about a half an hour. Then I saw the angels stand who stand in the presence of God. Seven trumpets were given to them. Another angel with a golden incense burner came and stood at the altar. Ready? He was given a large amount of incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar of the throne. And so they would say, this is the prayers of all the saints, right? New and old. So if it's all of them, that means we can still ask the saints to give more prayers because this is the my 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 getting stuck um this is the prayers to all this is all the saint prayers so sure. every single person we can ask these saints to pray because they're all going to appear before god the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints went up in the presence of god from the angel's hand and the angel took the incense burner filled it with fire from the altar and hurled it to the earth there were pearls of thunder rumbling flashes of lightning and an earthquake and so basically what it's saying is he's taking the incense of of the prayers of the saints and then go God's will is being done through that. And right. what were those prayers? A lot of them we see with the people under the throne of God, they were praying for vengeance of like, God, yep. when are you going to do all? When are you going to fix it all? When are you yep. going to avenge us? Right. We died in your name. We suffered in your name. You said you were going to fix it. So boss, when are you going to go do it, man? Right. Yeah. When are you going to go do it? When, well, yeah, exactly. When, when so, are you going to vent, you know, wreak revenge on these because vengeance is mine, says the Lord. So right. when are you going to do it? Right. And and God just said, wait. And so when they brought the altar at the instance of all the prayers of all the saints from all the years in front of God, and God hurled it towards the earth, that's when He answered those prayers. Right. And so is this saying we pray to God, and then those are we pray to the saints, and then those saints go to God and pray? My answer is no. Like yeah, that no. doesn't have anything to do. It's just the prayers of saints of all time, yeah. old and new. Yep. Now I will say there's there is again speculation on. Is this all going to happen chronologically? Did it already happen? Is it just kind of understanding sure. of how God's word works with as the altar of incense is going and our prayers are going up, God is hurling things down. There's a whole lot of interpretation with revelation, sure. but the whole purpose is, is this isn't, this has nothing. I mean, from what we can see, just looking at it, we, no one, I don't think would ever say, oh, so we're supposed to pray to the saints because they prayers are also going to be added to this altar of incense and I we just, want to like double up. So like. Let's I just see. It. I just I just can't see it right because I continue to look back on on the apostles and the way they operated on earth, right? Right. And the way they and operated the is, is the apostles' teaching, and that's what the church well, is supposed to be but, following. But yeah, and part of the teaching was, hey, look, you. Some of you are saying that you're from Apollo. Some of you are saying you're from me. Some of them you're saying you're from Cephas. It doesn't really matter because if any of us teach anything that has is opposite or wrong of what, what you've already Christ been taught. taught then let it be anathema. Exactly. So it's like, they're constantly saying, Oh, oh, let it be cast out. That's what anathema means. Like, like they're like, they're constantly saying, don't look at us. Don't look at what we're saying. Look at what Christ says. We're just repeating what Christ says. Everything always points back to Christ. Even, even Paul said like, Oh, those people who are like, you don't like these people because they're like shoving me down. But, Glory be to God, man. They still preaching right. Jesus. Right. Like, who could say that? Yeah, right. And so I just, I constantly see pointing to Christ, right? They're pointing to Christ. They're encouraging the church to point to Christ, to look to Christ, look to Christ. Christ is your advocate. Go to Christ. Go to him with supplication and, and prayers and thanksgiving, making your request known to God. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I mean, now with the gathering of the saints together, I, I am for that. 
I sure. have, uh, about the saints that are living. That, that's what I call corporate prayer. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's corporate worship to yeah. God, which sure. is what the Jews did all the time. Sure. And this is the other thing, too, is if Christianity comes out of the Jewish faith, you never see this in the history of Judaism. Nope. Now, you do see sacrifices in the altar being made on behalf of the dead in the Apocrypha, but that doesn't mean it's, <laughs> that doesn't sure. mean it's, well, that you, doesn't you, mean it's right. You, you, and you do in the Maccabees you know? see the prayer for the dead. Right. right? But that, again, that's a that's apocryphal. So that means that was between Micah and Matthew in that 400 and period it, it, of silence. It happened, but and, it wasn't the prophets. But if you look at the history of it, th- that's the thing, right? We like to look at the the church history, Catholic history. When are we going to look at the Jewish history? Okay, because Jewish week for part three. No, I'm Jewish kidding. history I'm says that those were taken as stories. Like if I were to think of Tom Sawyer, right? Mm-hmm. And Tom Sawyer, yeah, they have good little nuggets of truth in them. But they don't take it as, as holy but, but scripture. But it ain't, it ain't scripture and it ain't truth. And that's the way the Jewish people read the Apocrypha. Mm-hmm. The Jewish people that's of the their time. Own, that's their own history. That's their history. That's their writings. And yet we go, that's scripture, man. That's scripture because it's in the Septuagint. It's in the LXX. And it's like, okay. But it's in the LXX as like, hey, these are, little, these are like good nuggets of truth, but they are never, no no rabbi, nobody ever says this is inspired scripture. Not a single rabbi says that that's worth their weight in salt. It's only been since the church, and and sorry, but the, the Roman Catholic Church is the only one who, and well, Greek Orthodox, that really hold fast to the apocryphal teachings and say this is inspired scripture. But I'm telling you, not even the Jewish rabbis used to say that. So you're standing on your own on that one. And, you know, a lot of people, and I've been listening to a lot of debates about Sola Scriptura and is Sola Scriptura even really a thing? Because tradition created the canon. So, therefore, aren't we not really Sola Scriptura? We're also on tradition. But, you know, when we look at the New Testament with what Jesus had to say, what the apostles had to say, what the disciples had to say, what the Old Testament had to say, what the saints that we are supposedly praying to did in response of what they saw. We're talking about Joseph. We're talking about Mary. We're talking about all the 12 apostles. What did they all do? They all said that only God is worthy of all praise. Right. You know, you should have no other guy before me. Don't make any graven image of me. Yep. And the idea is the fact of God is God. God is the God that we can't see, but we see him in the person and in the personhood of Jesus. And Jesus says, when you pray, Prayed like this, our Father who art in heaven. Hello, be that's name. it. Our Father who art in heaven. That's who you're supposed to pray. That's how you're supposed to pray. That's not it. not holy is your name, Mary, right. or holy is your name, Joseph, but holy is your name, Father, it's, our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed, which means holy. Holy is your name. Hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom, thy kingdom, which is God's kingdom, come. Thy God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I mean, it's, it's all a uh, direct, and this is how he's teaching. The disciples go, teach us to pray. And he's like, bet, I got and they you. go, our Abraham father who art in heaven with God, hallowed be your name. Because he had the opportunity. He could have said that. Or he could have said Elijah. Or I mean, they still hold a seat open for Elijah. They still think that Abraham was the greatest because the, that's the father of the nation. I mean, th- there's all these things that they could have prayed to them and supplication as their advocate, right? These righteous men. But that's mm-hmm. not how Jesus taught them to pray. When they asked, teach us to pray, he said, our Father, which art in heaven, not Abraham, not David, not Solomon, not Elijah, not all these things that if they had to pick, they could have picked. They didn't pick any of those. He picked God. So I'm going to make a very bold statement to end this conversation, all right? Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> so a sin according to the Bible is disobeying the commands of God. Sure. You shall have no other God before me, make a grave image. In other words, you're not supposed to put anything in my place. I am in all, be all, right? Mm, right. And every time we're supposed to pray, you're supposed to pray to God, not to other people. I would almost go as far as to say is, is it, and I'm saying it might be a, I would say it is, if it goes against God's will, it's a sin, it's, it's wrong. It's a sin to pray to these saints. Mm. I do believe in the power of studying the saints. I mean, I read missionary biographies. We studied the missionaries. We got a we whole episode on why things. we should study the creeds. Right, I study mean. the creeds. We should hold our saints in high right. esteem and honor. Sure. But what's the purpose? Same, the same reason that they had the hall of faith in the Old Testament in Hebrews 11 to say, 
They all did it. You can do it too. We got the we Hall of Faith at, now. We can look at Ignatius. We can look at John Christendom. We can look at Eusebius. We can look at Clement. Um, uh, we can look at uh, good. I'm trying to think. I'm just completely blanking. Um, Clement. St. Augustine. Saint we Augustine. can look at Ignatius. I think I already said Ignatius. Um, Hippolytus. Uh, Justin Martyr. I mean, we can look at all these guys and say they stood fast yep. in the test of danger. Therefore, if they can White do it, Cliff, I mean, they, why yeah, can't? Yeah, I mean, you know, oh, right. oh, oh, right. we'll, yeah. we'll go all the way through. Spurgeon, right? yes, I mean, so Billy Sunday, so Billy Graham. Yep. Like we can go all, we could do this. So if they could do it, so can I. Let's run the race. You know, it's the same idea when you're trying to run for a marathon. You're trying to train. You're trying to do all these sprints. You bring in these motivational speakers. You bring in these people. When times get hard, you bring in these people. You're like, you know what, boys? I did it. You know what, gals? I did it. You can do it, too. It just takes a whole lot of work and effort. But get after it. Let's go get it. Yep. And every single time we see this in Scripture, it's not praying to a saint to go on our behalf. And again, as I say, no, 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 no. We're just... Hey, Fuller, can you pray for me for this? This would be awesome. Yeah, bro, I got you. Let's go. Yep. was like, yo, um, John Christian, can you pray for me? Yo, St. Nick, can you pray for me? Yo, uh, Mary, our advocate, can you pray for me? And the Bible says, no, 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 no. We have one advocate. That's Jesus Christ. That's Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit, again, in Jesus' name, to go to the the throne room of, of God. Yep. And I would almost, it, it's that crazy thing where Catholics say of like, oh, you Protestants are missing out on so much stuff. And I'm like, nah, bro, you Catholics be adding too much stuff. Yeah, I, like circumcision. I mean, flirt, you're flirting with idolatry is yep. what you're doing. You're flirting with idolatry. I mean, that's what it is, and and be careful. So, I mean, I you know, I, I love them. I lo- I love Catholic people. I have a lot of Catholic friends, and we we talk about these things all the time. And I mean, heck, you're related to one, but and he, and he's great. He's an awesome dude, and we love him dearly. But. But we're we're, we we're, we're to, fighting for truth right now. We have to call a spade a spade. Hey, and, I like that's my quote. I like that and one. and that's what we're doing right now, right? Yep. Right now we're saying, hey, you're you're violating some of some of God's basic laws here, and and you should probably check yourself. And you know what? The conversation doesn't stop here. If you've got more scripture, scripture you want us to look at, we will look at the scripture together. We will continue these conversations, and we're okay with that. Um, but I would say if you're bringing Catholic doctrine without scripture. We're probably just going to be like, okay, there you go. Because we're, we, we want to compare scripture with scripture. We want to look at scripture and compare it to your doctrine and our doctrine because scripture is the baseline, right? Rather than, and I feel like a lot of the Catholic doctrine for this is the, the doctrine was made and then they found some verses to be backing it up and they're not really and, that strong. And if you look at them in context, they're, yeah, I mean, they're, they're weak at best. And we're trying, and again, do you look at Jewish temple worship? It, all went back to God, not to Abraham, not to yep. Isaac, not right. to Aaron. They held those guys in great esteem and great yep. honor, and they, yep. they studied the stories. Look at the prayers of the saints. Yep. Be encouraged by them. The Book of Common Prayers, I like the Book of Common Prayers. It's pretty dope. Sure. But are those like silver bullets? No. No. No, they're encouragements to get us along the way. Yep, I agree. That's my final thoughts. I, I'm good. Time for Fun Facts <laughs> well, bro, I tried, but you um, ain't making it to Culver's. I ain't going to make it to Culver's. <laughs> I tried, bro, but you just Eight long Eight minutes till midnight, baby. All well, right. let's end this episode with a good old fun fact to send these people out there. Wait. Well, I'm going to read this fun fact because it was supposed to be the original for the original episode, but since it's two-parter, we're still going to read it. Uh, the dino the, episode? The dino episode. So gotcha. here's the fun fact of the day. In Uganda, around 48% of the population is under the... 15 years of age. Holy crap. What? Uganda has a total population of 44.3 million. This means there are around 20 million people that are under the age of 15 living there. In total, 77% of the population is under the age of 30. One of the reasons this number is so high is that the population is rapidly expanding. There were just 5 million people in Uganda in 1950. So they Holy went from, crap. So it's been, what, 73 years. In 73 years, they went from 5 million to 44.3 million, and 77% of the population is under the age of 30. That's a young nation. <laughs> That's all I got I to say about that. I have nothing else to say. That's wild, It's just man. a fun fact. 
So I got a tea burp. That's a really fun fact. Next week, you got to have a dino fun fact. I, I will work on a dino fun fact. So next week, come back, and we're going to have the dinosaur conversation that we promised you guys this week. So Rawr. again, I sincerely apologize <laughs> for that. Rawr. Tell them the good stuff, Fuller. <laughs> so uh, if you haven't already joined our Facebook community page, we encourage you to go to Facebook, Real Talk Christian Podcast Community, and join today. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out. Continue the conversation. We want to have these conversations with you, even if they're a little uncomfortable at times. And if you need to find out how to uh, get a hold of us, you can go to our website, realtalkchristianpodcast.com, and you can look at all the information from the phone number to the email to the socials. Everything you need Everything. is right there. It's a one-stop shop place to go. Uh, but yeah, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, join our group. And then we're also on YouTube. You go there, hit subscribe button, hit the bell notification. Ding. We're getting ready to start some series here soon. Some little mini series, 10 minute long videos, hopefully. Uh, so yeah, come check out some of the content coming to YouTube I only. Love it, man. And again, we did try to be respectful in this conversation the best we could, but we also want to make sure we bring truth to the episodes. And that's the goal of every single one of these episodes is to figure out what does the Bible say about these topics? Because if we're people of the book, we got to figure out what the book has to say. So if yeah. you have questions about other things in the Christian faith, just like Fuller said, just go to the website, search for it. And if you can't find it or you're still not sure, don't be scared to ask us those questions. Just like always, leave a rating review anywhere you listen to your podcast. And please share this episode. Well, actually, share last week's episode as, as well with someone who you think would enjoy hearing these conversations because it's been a whole lot of fun hanging out with you guys week in and week out. We'll see you guys next week, but until that time, take it easy.